Hi, this is Alana Terry. You're listening to Season 3 of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. This season's Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook is Torn Asunder, a Christian suspense novel set in North Korea, written by me, Alana Terry, narrated by Pamela Lawrence, and sponsored by our Patreon community, which is raising funds for liberty in North Korea's Underground Railroad for refugees. You can find out how you can be involved and how you can also get regular Christian fiction ebooks and audiobooks and sometimes even paperbacks when you join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash alanateri. And now enjoy today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast, bringing you today's episode of Torn Asunder. Chapter 11 What do you want? Noting the stranger's severe frown, Hannah wondered if she arrived at the wrong home. From behind him, a young girl peeked up from her sweeping and then quickly lowered her eyes back to the floor. Hannah placed her hand on the doorframe to steady herself. Everything in her field of vision spun in radiating spirals. "'Are you Mr. Kim?' He inclined his head at the slightest angle— a gesture Hannah expected was his impression of a bow. Since he made no move to say anything else, she bowed and continued. I was sent here from Chongjin. She strained to see if the cross she spied in the copse still hung in the window. The metallic clink of prison doors echoed dully in her mind, and she made herself relax her clammy hands. He crossed his arms as he inspected her, she instinctively held her breath as his disapproving glare traveled from her hair to the ragged prison clothes still stained with blood. He grunted and stepped back from the open doorway. No use standing on the porch. Her throat constricted as she entered the home. There were no cement walls, no meter-high cages where victims were made to crouch like animals. No solitary confinement cells, where darkness and silence threatened to steal away a prisoner's last remnants of humanity. A chicken clucked from somewhere out back, and a kettle of water boiled on top of the stove. Hannah tried to swallow. She had only taken two steps into the room before Mr. Kim reached behind her and swung the door shut. He shrugged toward a chair by a small table. Sit. The young girl continued with her sweeping, but Hannah caught her staring and gave a small smile. She thought of her flower swallows, the street children she had cared for during the worst of the great hardship. She remembered the ones who died in her arms after their weak, rattling lungs finally surrendered, the ones she couldn't wake up after a cold night spent huddled like newborn kittens in abandoned sheds. She thought of little Wung, his sing-songy voice, his mischievous face that always managed to get smudged with dirt and grime. She remembered how skinny his arms grew those last days before he disappeared. How old would Wung be now? She tried to calculate it out. Had the Stern's warm blankets and fatty meals dulled her memory? Tea? 
Mr. Kim's voice sounded far too gruff to offer such luxury, but she glanced up at the balding man and nodded. She thought of the churches she visited the first time she crossed the border into China. How many had sent her away before someone finally pointed her to the sterns? Yes, thank you. He cleared his throat. Hannah smiled once more at the girl, but the child swept on and stared at her with sad, shallow eyes. Hannah recognized the expression all too well. After pouring some drinks, Mr. Kim sat across from her at the small kitchen table. You will wake up with the sunrise. The teacup in her hand trembled just a little. Did that mean he was going to let her stay? When your leg is healed, you will tend to the chickens. Until then, you can weave baskets with my daughter. Your tasks will also include meal preparation. Hannah opened her mouth to voice her willingness to help, but he didn't slow down enough to let her speak. You are to eat only at appointed mealtimes, and if other... Here Mr. Kim paused, as if searching for a lost word. He coughed once before continuing. If other persons come to the safe house for whatever reason, you are to remain in your room with the door closed. You will not listen to outside conversations. You will not ask questions, not of me, not of my daughter, and not of our guests. He lowered his gaze. It's for your own safety. She blinked into her teacup. The bottom half of her leg was swollen like a bloated corpse, and the pain stabbed at her shin and burned its way up to the side of her hip. She felt her body swaying slightly, but couldn't steady herself. I understand, sir. She wondered what would happen if she forgot one of Mr. Kim's countless edicts. He scowled at her interruption. My daughter, Su Young, is barely more than a child. Hannah glanced toward where the girl had been cleaning, but she was gone. Mr. Kim waited until Hannah turned back around before he went on. My daughter knows very little about life outside Sanhei. I expect it to remain that way, indefinitely. He leveled his eyes, and Hannah felt like she was already being punished for some unknown transgression. I understand, she assured him in a voice hardly louder than a whisper. She sipped her tea and winced as it scalded the back of her throat. She had gotten used to honey with her tea, the way Mrs. Stern always prepared it. She hadn't had tea of any kind in weeks not since her meeting with Mr. Tong. She pictured the old man's leathery skin, remembered his prayer for her before she left him, recalled his butchered corpse. Her heart was sore, heavy, as if someone was wringing it out like a sopping wet rag. Mr. Kim stood and scraped his chair out behind him. Hannah wasn't sure if she was supposed to follow him or not. He frowned at her swollen leg. My daughter will tend to your injuries. At his words, So Young's shy face peered out from around a corner. He grunted at her, and she scurried toward the table. Moving deftly, 
So Young glided a chair in front of Hannah and then retreated to the bedroom. Mr. Kim crossed his arms. She returned seconds later with two pillows, which she propped on the chair. I'm sorry if this hurts you. It was the first time Hannah heard her voice, which sounded more mature than her small frame and timid ways suggested. She lifted Hannah's leg onto the cushions. Is it very painful? Hannah squeezed her eyes shut. The sound of clinking chains, the smell of mold on the cold concrete walls, the metallic taste of blood, were less than a day old in her memory, and this wispy child felt bad for propping her leg up on some pillows. I'm fine. She summoned a smile to ease So Young's mind. Thank you. So Young beamed. I just need a few more things. Mr. Kim scowled at his daughter and strode out of the room. A few minutes after, So Young finished wrapping some cold rags and a homemade splint around Hannah's leg. A young man entered the house. Hannah could barely see him from where she sat at the kitchen table, but she felt his presence fill the room as soon as she heard the door swing open. He was tall and lanky, Hannah noted as soon as he stepped into her field of vision. He was built so much like Simon. A quick surge of elation jolted through her body, replaced almost immediately with a heavy sting of disappointment. She shut her eyes once more. Simon was gone, broken, lost somewhere in the North Korean network of gulags, if he was still alive at all. How would she ever know? Would her heart tell her if he were dead? Or would she live with this dreadful uncertainty forever? The young man looked in all directions at once, a smile on his gaunt face. I've come, uncle. High cheekbones held up a pair of wiry glasses. He carried a box. Heavy, if you judged by the way he grimaced when he set it down in the entryway. His eyes darted across the kitchen, barely registered Hannah, and landed on so young. Little cousin! He swirled his fingers around in the air before he pulled out a small piece of taffy from his pants pocket. So Young let out a tiny giggle and hurried toward him. He tousled her hair and held the candy just out of reach. She stretched her arms up and jumped with a squeal before her father's disapproving grunt ended the jocularity. Nephew Quan, Mr. Kim dipped his head down, and the young man returned with a more formal bow. It's good to see you, Uncle. Quan spanned the space between them in two short strides and clasped the portly man on both shoulders. So Young tugged on Quan's arms, and he handed over the candy. It's peppermint, your favorite. Her face crinkled up in a soundless giggle, and Hannah's heart ached for the days she had laughed with the other students at the Stern's secret seminary. They would never be together again. I see you have a guest, Quan noted, finally turning to Hannah. Mr. Kim crossed his arms. Daughter, show our new arrival to the spare room. Take the pillows with you. So Young scurried to Hannah's side. Can you walk a little ways? Her voice was full of compassion, with no hint of her previous giddiness. 
Earlier that morning, Hannah had rowed herself across the Tumen River and stumbled uphill to the safe house, dragging her leg behind her. Yes, I can walk. She let Su Young prop her up by the elbow. The young man, Quan, rushed to take her other arm. His physical closeness, the kind expression on his face, even his refusal to ask any questions, made Hannah feel wretched. She remembered clenching Simon's hand when they found each other in the Chongjin cell. She knew at that moment he would have done anything for her. He had done everything for her, even betrayed innocent believers. Was that to be her last memory of him? A burden to carry forever and never shed until death? She sniffed once, and Quan paused. Are you all right? Hannah thought of Simon's anguished cry when they were torn apart from one another, its resonance echoing bitterly against the cement walls of the prison chamber. She nodded once and shuffled to the bedroom. She hardly noticed Quan lifting her onto the bed. She didn't register the softness of the mattress beneath her. Her thoughts were consumed with Simon, the words they never spoke, the work they never accomplished. Had she failed him? Had she been a stumbling block to him, like Jesus had warned his disciples about? She rolled onto her side and couldn't even thank So Young for the warm blanket tucked in around her shivering body. So Young and Quan slipped out without a word, and Hannah shed large, hot tears that did nothing to soothe her aching spirit. You've been listening to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Today's episode is an installment of Torn Asunder, written by me, Alana Terry, and narrated by Pamela Lawrence. This season of the Unabridged Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by our Patreon community, where you can get regular Christian fiction audiobooks, ebooks, and even paperbacks, and all the funds that we raise go directly to Liberty and North Korea's Underground Railroad for refugees. You can find out more or get involved today at patreon.com slash alanateri. Thanks again for listening to today's show. Please don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time for the next installment of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Have a great day and we'll talk to you soon.